Welcome to the new Faculty Nuggets series. This is the series based on chapters of the book Advice for New Faculty Members, which we will give you during orientation here at Truman State University. This book was written over 35 years of practice by Robert Boyce, a faculty development officer, and he did research over those 35 years on what made the difference between those faculty who began in the job and remained successful in the job, and those faculty who began in the faculty job but were eventually not successful. So we're going to look at New Faculty Nugget number two, which is based on chapters six and 14 in the book by Robert Boyce, Advice for New Faculty. The chapter title is Moderating Negative Thinking and Emotions. In his book, Robert Boyce tackles the need for us to moderate our negative inner voices. I know, I've got one too. (laughs) Boyce starts from the premises that positive thinking is more efficient and more humane than negative thinking, and positive thinking can be learned and developed. The first step in moderating negative thoughts is to begin noticing our negative self-talk in the first place, particularly noticing our self-talk during the critical moments prior to preparing for or prior to engaging in teaching. As we gather up to go to class or to practice, What are we saying to ourselves in that interior dialogue? Robert Boyce reports that struggling faculty often think perfectionistically, to use his term. And so, struggling faculty often will conclude at the very outset that they can't teach, prepare to teach, etc. Struggling faculty dwell on the worst-case scenario and anticipate that their efforts are going to meet with criticism and rejection. What Boyce labels internal censors inhibit struggling faculty from paying attention to the larger goal. Instead, they focus their energies into mindless details of the task. For a parallel and easily grasped example in scholarly writing, Boyce indicates that this would mean paying attention to spelling rather than the ideas when you write. He gives us that idea both on page 68 and 158 in his book. Okay, so if the, if the first thing to do is to actually notice our negative self-talk in the first place, Boyce recommends argue back. Slowly repeat the negative thought. Bring it up for air. Analyze it for irrationality. Dispute it. (laughs) These are skills anybody who's been working on a PhD can master. (laughs) Refute that inner critic with as much vigor as we would refute an external critic. Pretend somebody else was saying these things about you, not just yourself. Beware of getting emotionally attached to our fears. Boyce quotes a faculty member who states that, quote, Fears have no power if you do not need them. 
closed quote. You can find that quote on page 162. Once we have identified the negative thoughts and have disputed them, <laughs> it's time to replace them with positive thoughts. On page 69, Boyce gives the example of substituting, Once I'm doing the teaching, I'll enjoy it. I might as well go and do it and enjoy it. It only lasts 80 minutes, 45 minutes. I myself admit to using the replacement assertion, The sun will undoubtedly rise tomorrow regardless. That doesn't seem quite as positive as some of Boyce's suggestions that he gives on page 69, but some days it's just harder to be optimistic than others. But you may especially want to attend to the next stage in replacing negative thoughts. Successful faculty, quote, learn to reinterpret things that happen in a more positive light, close quote from page 69. They don't take failure as a sign of personal weakness or as a character flaw. They interpret mistakes as caused by something fixable. Successful faculty are able to welcome help in diagnosing and correcting mistakes. Since the problem is not their personal fault, they can ask students for feedback or insights. They can ask colleagues to observe and give advice. They can turn their own powerful imaginations and intellects toward designing solutions. None of this is meant to encourage you to be like Teflon, unaccountable for your actions as a teacher. No. If a mistake is caused by something fixable, then we are responsible for, in fact, fixing it. Rather, this advice is meant to encourage you to balance your commitment to students and student learning with your mental health and stamina. I love how one of our Truman Chemistry faculty puts it. He says, I refuse to be a pessimist. All those bad chemicals running about in your body are just not good for you. Much better to be an optimist. <laughs> Try these steps and let me know how you are progressing. 1. Notice negative thoughts, particularly around the crucial times when you are preparing for class or heading off to class or lessons. 2. Dispute those negative thoughts. Argue back. And three, practice reinterpreting negative thoughts and assumptions so that you don't place yourself at fault a priori. Don't get caught in the vicious cycle of busyness, disappointment, busyness, disappointment, so that to get out of that cycle, you must rush to meet deadlines and complete your work in rounds of binging. Learn to work with constancy and moderation in mild happiness. Chapter 6 and 14 Moderating Negative Thinking and Emotions